welcome to PS, the Puget Sound podcast where we're talking to members of our campus community about their Puget Sound experiences. I'm Elena Becker, and my guest today is Anna Monsheen, a senior from Chicago, Illinois. As always, the Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio right here in Tacoma. Here's Anna. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to have you. I want to start by asking the question that I'm asking everybody all the time now, which is where in the world are you in September of 2020? (laughs) Um, I am living off campus. So uh, right in the area behind the field house where a lot of upperclassmen and folks living off campus are at. And so you're in Tacoma? Yes. And had you, is this your first year living off campus? No, I lived off campus last year as well. So yeah, two years on, two years off. Which I think is fairly typical. We have the two-year residency requirement, folks live on campus, and then it's kind of nice to make your world feel bigger. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge advocate of getting off campus, um, both to live, but just in general, underclassmen can get off campus too and explore Tacoma because it's an amazing city. Well, because you moved here from out of state. You're from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Did you have any experience of the Pacific Northwest really before you got here? Really none. Um, I came here to visit some schools. I applied to a lot of the liberal arts schools in the Pacific Northwest in Washington and Oregon. Um, But I always kind of knew Puget Sound was out of those was the one I would if I got in and I decided to come out here. It was the this was the one. Well, and let's maybe talk a little bit about that, because I think for a lot of prospective students, until you get into the college process, it is kind of oblique how you might arrive at that conclusion. People talk about the one or a fit, or I really felt like this was perfect for me. Can you just describe in a little more detail what that the process of reaching that conclusion was like? Absolutely. And I think it's it's so annoying when people are like, it was just the one I could feel it. Cause like, absolutely. I know that feeling. I know that feeling, but it's like, that's not helpful. Um, <laughs> so I always try to think about, I think when I was a senior in high school and I was looking at schools, what I really was looking for was possibilities. Um, I wanted the um, possibility of going a few different directions. I didn't have a set major that I was looking for. But I remember um, actually how I even found about found out about University of Puget Sound was my best friend, my junior year, dragged me to a college meeting that we had in our high school. And I was like, well, I don't want to go to APUSH, so I'll go to this meeting. Sounds good. Um, and I sat there and I the admissions counselor was there and I ended up seeing him on campus once I got here. Um, but they gave me like a list of all the the departments, all the majors. And I was able to tick off like 15 that I could have been interested in. And I saw that they had a school of music, which I knew I wanted to participate in, um, not as a primary major, but just as an extracurricular. And there were just a lot of possibilities for me here. And I saw that right away. And then I saw, oh, it's far away from Chicago. That was on my list as well, you know, (laughs) and a few other things and just the possibilities and the, the options for me kind of lined up well. And was the Northwest something that was attractive to you kind of in and of itself, in addition to being far away from Chicago, but sort of the upper left as a region? Or were you thinking, I want to try something new, but I I don't know what new is. I'd be happy to go anywhere. I think I was I was really taken with the Pacific Northwest. Um you know, kind of abstractly. Um, It was a place I hadn't spent a lot of time. I don't have family out here. Um, And I've always loved being outside. I've been a camp counselor for years and that's always been a big part of my life. And so I was like mountain, city, 
C sounds good. Like those are all great um, things I want to be near. Um, I, I grew up next to Lake Michigan, which is a lake, but it feels like a very expansive body of water. So I knew being next to water was important to me. There's like, yeah, a few things that really attracted to me to the area. And when you got here, what did you notice right off the bat? Were there things once you moved in in the first couple of weeks, you kind of settled in that made you realize even physically or instinctively, oh, I'm not in Illinois? Oh my gosh, hills. What the heck? <laughs> that was in, that was crazy to me. Um, my parents were always like, oh, you're going to bike in college. You'll bike everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, I'll bike everywhere. And I got hill and I got here and I was like, oh my God, biking is not the same here. Like I have to, like, I'm huffing and puffing trying to get these hills. Um, so that was a big one. <laughs> I had to adjust to that. I'm still adjusting. Um, but yeah, I think um, every sort of city and um, sprawling as Tacoma is, has different, the houses look different, the setup for streets. You guys don't have stop signs here, which is insane. Um, <laughs> you, just, you just slow down at intersections and you just trust each other. It's crazy. Um, yeah, there. I guess those were a few things. Um, but the feel, it was just, it was green and um, friendly and um, you could, you felt good about walking wherever you wanted to go. Mm. Yeah. That was interesting to me. Folks who've listened to the podcast will have heard me say this before, but I'm from Seattle. So the region of the Pacific Northwest was not new to me, but the scale of a city like Tacoma was, and something where it feels um, like you can kind of move out in concentric circles, as you said, very walkable. Mm -hmm. In my first year, I spent a lot of time going to Sixth and going to Proctor and then kind of expanded out beyond that as I got my feet under me and my world got bigger I'm in a way that felt very, very manageable and very natural. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my world, that's a really great way of putting it. My world has gotten bigger um, over time. Um, yeah. I mean, once you get to know Tacoma and you travel around via bus or your friend has a car or you're biking, um, you find little spots and you find different neighborhoods and you, you go to Point Defiance, you go to Ruston, you um, go to the mall, you know, there's um, University Place. There's, there are so many spots that you maybe don't access right in your first year because we have these beautiful neighborhoods right next to us of Sixth and Proctor. But yeah, I definitely have expanded as I've and now I feel like I'm very much at home in Tacoma. I feel like I know my way around, which is a great feeling and not something I realized would happen so quickly. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago that when you were looking for schools, you had kind of a big list of academic programs that were attractive to you or that you wanted on the table. Once you had decided, okay, I'm going to go to Puget Sound, had you narrowed that down to did you have like a best guess or an expectation of what that part of your life would look like? I did. Um, I was in an anti-racist group in high school and um, I took a class, an elective in African-American studies. I was lucky that my high school um, offered classes like that and they now offer way more of them uh, since I've left even in the past like three, four years. So um, I was, I experienced that in high school and that was I knew that was what, after I experienced it, I knew that was what I had to do. Um, after I learned about um, inequalities and uh, social movements and um, more history that we weren't always taught, I knew that was what I wanted to study. I just didn't know what, to, how I would go at that because there's a few ways to go at learning about that. I could have gone for a history major, a sociology major, um, 
but I knew I would end up taking an African-American studies 101 class. And so I took it my first semester and I fell in love with professors and took more classes and then declared my second semester here. So I kind of did know, um, but I, I tried to keep my options open, but, but it was always going to be African-American studies for me. And I want to ask you to talk a little bit about what African-American studies is beyond what the name makes obvious. And in part, I want to talk to you about that because for many students who do not have African-American studies classes in their schools, in their high schools, I think that feels or can feel maybe really distinct from what you would think of as the sort of archetypal freezer packed high school subjects, English, biology, math, right? What does it mean to be a student of African-American studies? I think to be a student of African-American studies, I think you're inherently looking at many interlocking systems. So there's kind of an interdisciplinary nature to it already. You're looking at economic inequality. You're looking at racial inequality. You're looking at social structures and political movements. Um, so there's, there's a sense of you're really putting puzzle pieces together and you're, you're looking at things from different angles all the time and um, you're writing and you're arguing and you're, you're thinking really deeply. And I think for me, um, it, a lot of it is, is about listening. You know, I'm reading and I'm listening all the time um, as much as I can. Um, and it's also about, you know, active dialogue and really connecting our own lives to academic work. I think not all disciplines uh, really bring uh, self into the classroom. Um, and I think they should. And African American studies does that already because our everyday actions and um, the way that our socialization plays out in the everyday of life is stuff that needs to be studied. It's, it's representative of bigger social structures. And so what I love is that um, African-American studies and gender and queer studies, which is also a major of mine, um, and education, even my, my minor, um, they, they acknowledge the individual and they bring that into the conversation um, because it, it matters. Our identities do matter and they play roles in the classroom and power exists in the classroom. And so we talk about that. Well, and interestingly, in all three of the things that you're studying, everybody has had a lived experience of it, whether you know it or not, mm -hmm. right? We could all maybe point to our experience of education. Some of us can point very clearly to our experience with gender or our experiences with race. And sometimes others can't, right? Depending on who you are and the life you've lived and the identities you have, you maybe are someone who thinks that gender doesn't affect you that much or that race doesn't affect you or doesn't impact your life that much. But perhaps you would learn in an African-American studies class or a gender and queer studies class that that's actually not the case. And so as you say, it makes it a very accessible conversation once you do that learning to bring the self into because everybody can and maybe should be doing that already. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone has these identities and you, if you don't, if you haven't interrogated them, you might have an identity that um, is privileged over other identities and it's, that's your identity, but you have to look at it and learn about it and learn about the history and the legacy and, and how you can move forward and grapple with that. And um, I found it to be, I mean, it academically and personally, it's life-giving in a way. I mean, I really am passionate about it. Um, 
but it also, it, it does develop your sense of self to really understand where you fit in um, as an individual with thoughts and personality and ideas into broader, you know, contexts. And you can look at those as economic, as, you know, gender, sexuality, race. Um, you see yourself in the fabric of, of existence and society and campus and everything um, in a different way. And you get to look at that. Well, and one other thing that's really interesting is you get to do it in kind of an interdisciplinary way, right? You might be reading literature in one part of the semester and then looking at scholarly work in economics the next. And then, as you say, looking at the history of legislation in, a, in the country or in a particular municipality or a particular state the next. And so not only the ability to think from a lot of different critical lenses, but I imagine to work with a lot of different types of material would really be building kind of a unique skill set also. Absolutely. And I think um, the African-American Studies Department does an amazing job of that. You know, there are scholars who focus on different things in their research. Um, So, for example, Renee Sims um, is a writer and a creative writer and a novelist and looks at literature and takes that angle. Um, But she also uh, was a lawyer, um, so she has she has a lot of insight into um, laws and legislation, and so we read uh, scholarly law articles in her class, and oof, those are hard to read for me. But it's so great because it expands um, my reading skills and and how I approach different texts in different ways, um, and it brings those two together because literature and law are not necessarily separate; they are you know in conversation with each other in various ways. And she does she particularly does an amazing job of putting those in conversation with each other. What do international smuggling, wastewater, literature of the African diaspora, and 20th century Chinese art have to do with each other? I'm Brittany Jackson, Assistant Director of Admission and Multicultural Admission Coordinator. And those are just a few of our amazing faculty's research interests. Find out more and discover new topics all together by browsing our website at pugetsound.edu. Now back to PS, the Puget Sound Podcast. One other thing that I want to talk to you about is something I think Puget Sound does really well just in general, um, which is to get students out of the classroom and give everybody an opportunity to do what I call putting your classroom learning to work. So if I'm studying something that maybe isn't attached directly to a job, Puget Sound doesn't have, you know, a dental hygiene major, for example, right? If you go to school and you study dental hygiene, you know what you're going to do when you graduate. If you go to school and you study African-American studies or gender and queer studies or education or even biology or English, those subjects I mentioned earlier, you have a, a really a bigger breadth of possibility when you graduate. So one thing that becomes really important is how do you take some things for a test drive before you've graduated? How do you try out some different industries or some different areas or build some professional skills um, so you know what you like? And you have really been involved in both on campus and off campus in a really big swath of experiential opportunities. Do you want to maybe just take us through some of that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, you know, I think each experience, whether it be a job, an internship, a, you know, a course that included experiential um, components uh, really built on each other. So um, I'll kind of start with my freshman year. I 
got to campus and I said, um, I'm not on work study, but I want a job. Um, and I like just did some searching through our campus um, job site, um, which at the time was Logger Jobs, has now turned to Handshake. Awesome resources. Um, and I found that I could be a weekend camp counselor. And I said, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I love camp. I've been a camp counselor for years. And so I just reached out to the employer and I got a job as a weekend camp counselor at a place called Camp Stand By Me, which is in Vaughan, Washington. It's run by Easter Seals. It's a, it's a weekend respite camp for folks with disabilities. Um, and I just got to work there. And every other weekend I would go um, and work with amazing people and do amazing activities. I worked at, I coordinated their activities for a while. So I'd plan the weekends um, and I got to do that. Um, and I think that moment, my freshman year of leaving campus for work and for something I was really passionate about, um, changed my whole, it sounds dramatic, but like changed my trajectory. Um, cause from the, like literally the beginning of October, my freshman year, I was off campus, like a lot of the time. Um, and so I was building connections, not only with the campus community, but with like the broader Washington community. And I was having campers from all over Washington come. Some would come from Oregon and I'd meet them and I'd meet their families. And I'd work with staff from many different universities. And so I was, I already had this broader network. So I'd come back to campus and I'd grind and try to get my homework done so I could go the next weekend, you know? Um, and so that became really important to me from the very beginning was to get off campus. Um, and that continued. I started working for experiential learning. Um, I'm a program assistant with them, and that has been one of the most fulfilling um, things I've done in my time at Puget Sound. Um, I have been a part of so many projects with them, and I've been able to support classes using um, our online uh, reflection and collection system called ePortfolio. Um, and I've been able to meet a lot of people through there and sort of see how... Um, uh, a creative educational office can run. It's, it's been so cool. And so, um, and I've done internships through, through experiential learning and um, I was able to study abroad with the African-American studies department. Dr. Lotoya Brackett um, took a group of us to Ghana in January of 2020, right before Corona. Um, so we were, we were back and safe before um, the majority of it hit, but that was an incredible experience um, that Dr. Brackett created for us as well. So um, all of that said, I think my goal from the very beginning was to not just be in a bubble and that's, and that's hard. And sometimes I, sometimes I really am still in a bubble and I, I don't want to say that I've like off the bubble and I'm done, you know, because we have to keep reaching off campus and we have to keep pushing ourselves. But um, those were some of the opportunities that, I mean, right along with my classes have been the most impactful, if not more sometimes. I want to ask you a little bit more and talk a little bit more about that class that Dr. Brackett taught that traveled to Ghana. Can you first maybe just situate that for folks listening? How does that work? How do you get into a class like that? What happens? What's the travel component? Yeah, um, Dr. Brackett uh, organized uh, this class with African-American studies. Um, we studied, uh, we had a full class unit the whole semester before, and then for three weeks we were in Ghana, um, and that was part of the course. Um, and I would, I could speak on it, but I also want to direct any listeners to the Arches article that um, was written about the course, because that has a lot of student voices um, talking about what the what the course was like and what what it was like to be in Ghana from a lot of different voices. So I would definitely um, 
point you to there for more information. But yeah, it was um, a course that I signed up for. And because I was already a major and involved in the department, it was, um, it was not too hard to, to enter into the class and become um, part of the community that was going to go to Ghana. And for anyone who is interested in reading that article, which is excellent, and mm-hmm. as you say, represents a lot of voices, is very comprehensive. Um, it's accessible at pugetsound.edu slash stories. So I'll take the opportunity to plug this just in general. That's a really great resource with a lot of long-form journalistic style um, reviews of different work that's happening on campus, different opportunities, different student experiences. So I would encourage anybody to just spend some time um, meandering through that repository and reading things that seem interesting to you. But as you say, this article in particular is is really excellent. I want to talk to you as well about um, some of the work that you're doing on campus. So you are a peer mentor Mm -hmm. with student accessibility and accommodation in addition to working for the Office of Experiential Learning. Will you explain to me what that peer mentor position is all about? Because it is different than a peer advisor, which is something else that prospective students' families may have heard about either here or somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a peer mentor um, really does just seek to be a resource for students. So um, through SAA, Student Accessibility and Accommodation, um, we are paired with students who might want some support and they can opt into the program, might want some support in navigating campus, especially their first year, although we have students of, of many um, grades. Um, that might want some support navigating campus, navigating how to access their accommodations as well. That's a piece of it. And just to have someone to touch base with um, that. And they obviously, first years have their peer advisor. They have orientation leaders and they have faculty advisors. You know, they've got a lot of support um, to reach out and ask for help from. Um, but it is hard to ask for help. So having <laughs> having a lot of places where, where you can and are welcomed to ask for help um, is important. And so us as peer mentors are just another touchstone for certain students who want kind of a, a special, specialized kind of help. Um, who students are, as mentors, we're students who um, are educated about um, disability and accessibility and um, have some experience in some regard often with it ourselves. Um, and so we're just kind of there to be what that student might need. And that's different for everyone. One thing, Anna, too, that I think has been really valuable that I noticed in my experience at Puget Sound that I hear from students now in their experiences at Puget Sound about resources and mentorship is the opportunity to access both kind of formal and informal resources, but through institutional channels. So you can still make an appointment. It's still something that is um, feels straightforward to access in terms of as you say, I want to sit down and have coffee with my orientation leader, or I want to meet with a peer advisor, or meet with a peer mentor. Really what you're doing in all of those settings is talking with a friend, mm-hmm. talking with a peer, but there's some infrastructure for facilitating it. So you don't feel like, man, there aren't any steps and I don't know what to do. Can you talk a little bit about resources on campus just in general for someone who is thinking about oh, I'm looking for opportunities or I'm looking for resources or I want to do an internship, I want to get involved with an organization. What what are some of those first steps that maybe aren't 
big and intimidating, but do have some structure around getting started. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I do think our campus has a lot of resources, but I think you do have to know how to access them and you have to know how to ask for help. And it's a really hard thing to do. Um, I think, I think stepping in to academic support is a really great way to sort of get started. Um, so like the CWLT Center for Writing, Learning, and Teaching um, is a great place to get help with tutoring and writing. Um, and I say that because it helps you academically, but it also, I think, helps you feel more connected to the students around you. Um, you're talking to someone who is also doing classes. You're talking to a peer, uh, a peer writing advisor or tutor in that way. Um, so it's relatable and they have, you know, substantial advice to give you because it worked for them. Um, so I really appreciate that about that sort of peer-to-peer support that we have in a lot of different places in the university. Um, you can find it through SAA, through the peer mentorship program. You can find it through your peer advisor um, because peer advisors want to help. Like they, <laughs> I have friends who are peer advisors. They want to talk about pathways and your major and they want to, they want to connect with you. Um, same with faculty advisors, you know, I think it, it can be really scary to sort of just go in and say, hi, like, how are you? And also like, I'm not feeling great and I'm confused and I don't feel like my writing is whatever, but um, they really do want to help as well, you know. Um, and I think it's, we just need to talk more about how scary it is to ask for help. Um, and we need to talk about the process of doing it. Uh, cause although it's scary once you do it once, it's like, Oh my God. Okay. I can do that again. It wasn't so bad, you know? Um, and I still find myself doing that. Um, I do not use the CWLT as much as I should like three years in, you know, it's, it's still hard. And so I think, I think talking about that and really making it clear that we have resources and we have to use them and we have to, you know, reach out a hand, um, because we're just really reaching out to a fellow peer, um, which I think is really great. I think that's why peer, peer to peer support is so important. Anna, you're a senior. It's the very beginning of your senior year, so you can, you're well within your rights to dodge this question if you want. But do you have any sense of what comes next as you think about how the year is playing out, as you think about what you want to set yourself up for after college and after Puget Sound? Do you have, what, what are the bullets, kind of? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, um, I want to go into education. So I know that. Um, everything else is like, oh, could go many ways. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, finishing college, we will, I, in May of 2021, I will still probably be in a pandemic. I, you know, to some degree, we will, this will still be affecting our lives. And so, um, I'm very wary about planning too far ahead, <laughs> trying to, trying yeah, to, we have all learned our lessons <laughs> in that respect. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I want to stay in Tacoma. So I will be staying in Tacoma. Um, so that's great. I know where I want to be. Um, I plan on taking a year before I go get a master's. So that's great. I know that. Um, other than that, you know, I want to, um, I need to keep options open and I encourage everyone to do that. Um, you know, it's okay to take a breather after undergrad. It's okay to take a breather after high school. You know, it's, it's allowed. And I think um, if we push, push, push all the time, um, or we tell ourselves that's what we should do. Um, it might work, but it's also possible to take a break and go back and still, it'll all work out, you know? So, um, 
but yeah, I know that I will be going to get a master's in teaching and I, it will probably be the UPS master's in teaching, which is an amazing program, uh, through the school of education. Um, I am looking at other schools, but you know, I love, I love the UPS MAT and I'm excited to potentially do that in the future, but got to take a year off first. Got to stop doing school for once in my entire life (laughs) for a moment. You know, that's one of the things, it's funny that's what you bring up, because that's one of the things that I think stands out to me as of things I learned indirectly through my education is exactly what you just said. I'm naturally very organized. I'm real type A. I keep my calendar. I have a system, right? Um, And I came to college that way. I really came in thinking, okay, I have a plan and here are the things I'm going to do and these are maybe the things I want to do after. And almost none of that happened. Some of it did, right? Like I made some really great friends. I played a sport in college and that was something I knew I would do coming in. It was something I continued. But all of the stuff that I foresaw that went a different direction, went a different direction because I came across a better option or a more interesting option or something more fulfilling that I just didn't know about at the time that I made my plan. And that was a really good thing for me to learn. I think it's something, as you say, that if you're someone who has always known you would go to high school, if you're someone who has always known you would go to college, and not everybody is, Mm -hmm. but if you are, that oftentimes taking a break from that sort of continual education track really has to be an active thing Mm -hmm. that giving yourself a little space to see, you know, let's just, let's feel around. Let's see what our options are. can be kind of unusual and it's kind of baked into the liberal arts as we've been talking about you added a major and added a minor and got involved in a lot of things on campus I, so I think that's that's fairly universal yeah absolutely and I and I also you know hyper organized very you know type a and and it, it takes work and it's taken work to sort of see the places where I can let go and say you know I don't have to be in control of this and I think um that is a product, among other things, um, of having non-academic experiences in college um, that tie into your academics. I think having some, having an internship, having multiple, having jobs, like having things that are not just college, where that is not your your one thing, um, that it expands your your understanding of yourself. It expands your understanding of what you could do or what you can be, um, or it, it did for me at least. Um, and I think um, that has helped me be able to say, "Hey, I'm not. I, all I know is that I'm not going to go to grad school next year, so I got to find a job, you know. Um, and everything else, you know, will will work out and will hopefully, you know, however it does, I've got time, you know, that sort of acceptance." Um, especially in a moment like this where like, Oh God, best laid plans. No, no. Uh, (laughs) So yeah. Anna, we end every episode of the podcast by asking everybody the same four questions. Mm -hmm. The first question is where is your favorite place on campus? A practice room in the music building at like 4 p.m. with like some light trickling in. I'm just like kind of practicing, but kind of messing around. My favorite spot on campus. Any particular room? There's a corner room on like the southwest side of the building. That's That's got some 
some nice acoustics. What are you reading right now? I'm reading Teaching to Transgress by Bell Hooks as part of my reading for my gender and queer studies thesis. What's the best place to eat in Tacoma? Oh my God, there's so many. Um, La Ca Bar has great pho. It's on 6th. It's walkable. It's so good. Lastly, Anna, why is Puget Sound special? I think like any place, the people make it special. Um, I think we have some amazing faculty and some amazing staff and amazing students and student leaders um, that make it special. Um, And I think there are people here that really want to engage in the learning process and want to help others engage in the learning process. And that's why it's been a special place for me because of the people and um, the kind of deep engagement and passion that they have. Anna Monsheen, thanks for joining me on the Puget Sound Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to PS, the Puget Sound Podcast. If you're interested in applying to or visiting Puget Sound, you can find out more at pugetsound.edu slash admission. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. I'm Elena Becker. And we'll see you next time for P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast.